Amen. Amen. And God's going to do a 320. Y'all know what a 320 is? Y'all thought I meant to say 360, didn't you? No, I meant to say 320. In Ephesians 320. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you dare ask or think. Guess what? According to the power that worketh in you. God can only exceed the expectation to the degree that you work the power that's in you. Amen? Father, I thank you tonight for the word. I thank you for your Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. Father, give to us tonight a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you so that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened and we will know the hope of your calling, the rich inheritance we have as saints, and the exceeding greatness of your power towards us as believers. I thank you, Father, that you confirm your word with signs following. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Turn with me tonight to Mark chapter 5. We'll pick it up in verse 23. Hope is defined as expectation, anticipation. Amen. When you anticipate something, you're, you're talking about it. You're looking for it. You, you, you're, uh, your actions and your position and your posture is in a place of receiving. Yeah. Amen? Amen. You, you know, uh, when I was a little boy and uh, there was Christmas time, would come around and we'd go visit my grandmother. And I knew grandmother, you know, granny gave good gifts. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Granny was going to cook something. Granny was going to sew something. She was going to make something. And then Granny was going to put, put some ducats in your pocket. Y'all know what ducats are, don't you? Some money. Some change. So when I would go over to Granny's house and knock on the door, I just didn't walk in. I walked in the door looking. Why did I walk in the door looking? I'm expecting something. I just didn't go in and sit down. I knew where she put the stuff. <laughs> and I know where she put the stuff because I spent time with Granny. Yeah. So I knew where the stuff was. Yeah. So I, I, she opened the door. I say, hey, Granny, and then start looking. <laughs> Amen? You need to start looking this week. You need to start looking. Looking for what? Looking for God to move in your life. We're going to add, add some substance to your hope. Amen. Amen. Give some confidence to your hope. Y'all ready? Yeah. We'll give you two examples tonight. First example, I'm going to show you how to raise your level of expectation. We're going to give you an example of someone that had an expectation. Then we're going to give you another example of someone that needed help with their expectation. So let's take the first one. You ready? We're in Mark chapter 5, verse 23. We're going to look at the woman with the issue of blood. You ready? Mark chapter 5. Well, let's pick it up in verse 24. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, 
and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. So right here we have a hopeless situation. She has no expectation. She's been dealing with the issue for 12 years, the issue of blood. She has spent all of her money. She, has went, she went to all the doctors. And you would think that at least stuff stayed the same if it didn't get better. But what happened? It got worse. So now you got an issue that you had an expectation in the doctors. You had an expectation in your money. If you want God to do exceedingly abundantly above, if you want God to do miracles, you cannot place your expectation in natural things. Can't do it. Amen? You, I'm not telling you not to go to the doctor. What I'm saying is you can follow the instruction of the doctor, but don't turn your expectation loose for what God said in his word. Amen? Why do you do that, Pastor Alvin? You do that because the doctor's knowledge is limited. That's all. And so a lot of them get to the point sometimes where they say there's nothing else that we can do for you. Or they say, your insurance don't pay enough, and because you can't pay us, we will not do nothing else for you. Oh, that happens. That happens. I'm, not, I'm just telling you the facts. So when they say that, if your expectation is in natural things, when they tell you that, you lose all hope. But if your expectation is in God and based upon the word, you have confidence. Because the word helped you set the level. And you can tell the doctor, thank you, sir. Appreciate everything you've done. God will take it from here. Amen? That's, it. That's how you got to think. But she spent everything she had. Hopeless situation. But look at how it turns around. Let's check this out. Verse 27. Let's read that together on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. Three, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Wait a minute. So if you're going to expect God to do a miracle, you're going to have to change what you're hearing. Amen? So listen, she heard what her money could do, nothing. She heard what the doctors could do, nothing. Things grew worse. But notice how a hopeless situation began to change because she chose to listen to something different. Oh, let me help you out. Let me make it plain. See, you know, I like to think of stuff in today's term when I hear this, and I just figure she got a Facebook post. You know, she spent all her money, and she was sitting in the doctor's office, and they told her, you don't have any more money. The insurance run out. We'll send you to hospice. And she got on the internet. And she was getting ready to ask everybody to pray for her. And she got a Facebook post. And guess who got tagged in it? Jesus. You know what the tag say? It was an image. Folks touching Jesus and getting healed. 
Y'all catch that on the way home. But that was the Facebook post. Amen? That, she had heard. Let me tell you where she heard it. Go to Mark chapter 3. Let me show you where she heard it. I'm going to show you the Facebook post. She said when she heard of Jesus. See, she heard something different. See, if you're going to get a miracle, you cannot let man be the final authority. You, you can't let images, you cannot let the news, you cannot let the songs, you can't let Lil Wayne, Lil Jimmy, and anybody else little tell you your expectation. So she heard something different. Go to Mark chapter 3. If you want a miracle, you're going to have to hear different. You're going to have to get your source of information from somewhere else. You're going to have to get it from the Word. Amen? Listen to this in Mark chapter 3, verse 8. Here's your Facebook post. And from Jerusalem, and from Indumea, and from beyond Jordan, and they about tear and sight in a great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, speaking of Jesus, they came unto him. And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him, which means they gathered around him to touch him. For he had healed many, insomuch that they pressed upon him for to what? To touch him, and as many as had plagues. It's your blood for 12 years, sound like a plague to me. So she got some different information. And she heard differently. So you got step number one. You got to hear something differently. When life tries to change your expectation, when people try to change your expectation of what God can do, because, you know, people try to tell you what God will do and will not do, and they don't even know God. So you can't, so, so when they try to tell you that, you want, want me to help you out? Here's a good question to ask them. When somebody try to tell you something about God, what he will do or what he won't do, just say, can you give me scripture? Can, can you give me chapter and verse? Oh, you can't give me chapter and verse? Can you give me a chapter? Can you give me a book? Can you get anywhere close? Matter of fact, do you even go to church? Do you even read your Bible? See, don't let people who don't know anything about God change your expectation of him. Well, I tried that faith stuff and it didn't work. I don't believe that. You know what I tell people? It worked just fine. And they look at me with the Scooby-Doo look. <laughs> Romans 1, 16 and 17 says that the gospel is the power of God to everyone that believes. If you don't believe, it ain't supposed to work for you. So it's working just like it's supposed to work. You don't believe. It's working that way. It don't work for you. When you believe, it'll work for you. You follow what I'm saying? It don't work for the people. It was not, the gospel was not designed to work for people who don't believe. It was designed to work for people who do. 
And everyone can choose to believe or not to believe. You have, you always have a choice. You always have one. And as long as you can choose to believe God, you can turn a hopeless situation around. As long as, what, what do you do when it look back? Just keep choosing to believe. What do you do when, when mama run out on you? Just keep choosing to believe. What do you do when daddy run out on you? Just keep choosing to believe. What are you going to do when they say you ain't smart enough? Just keep choosing to believe. What are you going to do when they say you don't have enough money? Just keep choosing to believe. And you choose to believe based on what you heard. And when you don't hear properly, you cannot make the proper choice. Amen? So she heard something. She came in the press behind to touch him. Amen? Let's go back over to Mark 5. Let me show you what happens next. Hallelujah. Because faith in the word of God adds substance to your hope. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The reason I have an expectation is because I have a foundation of the word of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. See, that, 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 the, the word of God gives me the confidence to expect God to do something for me. That's the conclusion you got to draw when you read the Gospels. When you see Jesus healing people. Because Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, when you see me, verse 6 through, through 9, when you see me, you've seen the Father. So if Jesus is healing people, the Father is healing people. Now Jesus said in the Gospel of John that he always do the things that please the Father. So... If Jesus is healing people, then the Father is pleased with it. So when you connect the dots, you say, hmm, when I see Jesus, I see the Father. And Jesus pleased the Father. And so when I see Jesus healing, then the Father gets pleasure in healing people. And because I believe in him, the Father takes pleasure in healing me. If he takes pleasure in healing me, there's no doubt about it that it's his will for me to be healed. It's all in how you hear it. Amen? So when you look at verse 27, it says, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she what? Said. Second thing you're going to have to do. You're going to have to open your mouth. You're going to have to open your mouth and say what you heard. We don't have no problem doing with everything else. Y'all do it on Facebook all the time. Girl, I heard. Do a repost, baby. You know when you get something good on Facebook, what do you do? You, you share it. What do you do? You post it on your wall so everybody else you connected to know what you like and what you believe. You need to get in your Bible. You need to get some scriptures of healing. And, and spiritually speaking, you need to do a new post. And you need to put a like on it. Amen? So everybody that's connected to you know what you believe. 
Amen. It says, she said, if I touch his clothes, I shall be whole. But let me read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Verse 28 says, for she kept saying. She didn't stop saying it. She kept saying it. See, she heard, girl, it's a folk back there in Mark chapter 3 where, Je where they touched Jesus and they were healed. And before Jesus came through her area, she said one of herself, man, I done spent my money. These doctors don't know anything. They done left me up to die. But if Jesus come by here, I'm going to touch him. I'm going to touch him, and I'm going to be whole. I'm going to touch him. And, and they got news. Jesus nearby. She said, Mabel. She called Mabel on the phone. Mabel, I heard Jesus near. Girl, if he come to our town, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to go touch him, and I'm going to be whole, Mabel. You just wait and see. Jesus got two miles away. Somebody called a girl. Jesus coming down your street. You better get out there. Put our house shoes on. Put our scarf and tie her scarf up in her head. You know she ain't had no clothes on. She been bleeding for 12 years. She ain't feel like getting dressed. She didn't care how she looked. She didn't care what people thought about her. She said, Jesus is coming down my street. And I'm going to touch him. And I'm going to be whole. Hallelujah. And she kept saying it. And you know when she stepped out the door, she got some ugly looks. I know she ain't come out the house looking like that. Why don't she do something with her hair? Did she even brush her teeth? Did she put some deodorant on? Did she, babe, listen, when you got an issue for 12 years, you don't care what people think. You don't care how you look. All you care about is what you done heard. All you care about is what you've been saying. And you got an expectation that when you reach out and touch something, you're going to be whole. And then I can fix myself up. Then I can get my hair done. Then I can go shopping. Amen? Hallelujah. So she heard something different. And she kept saying what she heard. Amen? She kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. Amen? And then look what happens in verse 29. And straightway, that means right away, that means instantly, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and then she felt in her body that she was what? Here, notice the feeling of the manifestation of the miracle didn't come until after she heard something different and she said something different. Come on, come on, come on. You're not going to feel nothing until you hear something different? Say something different. Y'all know words change your feelings. Amen. Let somebody tell you I'm going to give you some money tomorrow. Yeah. Come on. You start feeling good. Yeah. You start thinking about where you're going to spend that money. Uh -huh. They the best friend forever. Yeah. Amen. Then tomorrow come, they say, oh, man, I forgot. I had some bills to pay. I ain't going to be able to give it to you. Your feelings all of a sudden change for them. 
You got to hear some word. You got to say the word. Then you'll feel it. Hearing, saying, acting upon it. Hearing, saying, acting upon it. Hearing, saying, acting upon it. That's how you get it. That's how you get everything. Let the word talk to you. And quit letting everything else talk to you. Quit letting the MTV talk to you. Quit letting TV programs talk to you. Get in this word and let the gospels, let the letters to the church, the epistles, talk to you and start saying what they say. And man, you got a whole new level of expectation. Amen. Listen, if you watch reality TV, you know what you're going to get in your life? Reality TV. No, seriously. You know why? Because that's your expectation. You allowed media to set it for you. And God wants to set something so much higher. You think that's an expectation? To walk around with your skin all marked up, half naked, to get some money, or to defame your character and stoop to low levels just to get fame and money? See, when you feed on that, that's what you're expecting. And when you dress like that, because y'all do. I grew up hip-hop, but I don't dress like no thug. You know why? Because I don't have a thug expectation. I grew up in the bricks, grew up in the project. Daddy was a crack addict. It wasn't all bad with my father either. But that wasn't my expectation. You could choose different. And because I chose different, our relationship was restored before he left here. I had a different expectation than what was in front of me. You could choose to look at something different. But when you dress like a thug, you know what's going to happen. People are going to respond to you like a thug. You walk around with your pants half off your behind, with your hat turned around backwards, and you mean mugging people. Yeah, granny gonna grab her purse. <laughs> and it's not just a color thing. Because I know some black folk in the project that cross the street when they see some brothers coming that don't look right. But see, when you carry that image, that's the way people respond to you. You run around acting silly and acting ignorant, that's the way people are going to respond to you. you. You know what you've done. You have presented the image to say, this is what you can expect of me. So they don't have any hope in you because you lowered the bar by your presentation. And I'm going to talk about it. You know why? Because I'm sick and tired of looking at young people and adults that don't care about their appearance. Now, you, you're great. You have gifts on the inside of you. But people see the outside first before they decide that they want to get to know you. And you do it, too. Because if you walk in a restaurant and the bathrooms are nasty and the floor is nasty, you turn around and leave. Food can be good. You don't sit up there and say the grease going to kill it. You don't say that. You turn around and leave. 
How you present yourself is important. How you carry yourself is important. Who you hang with is important. How you talk to people and each other is important. I don't care how smart you think you are. If you can't get along with people and love people, not going to make it. I own my own business. Who going to do business with you? You got to have people. I get a job. Uh, hello, people. Right? So you got to watch. You got to set your expectations. So the rest of the, the account goes, she was made whole. And Jesus said, your faith made you whole. See the example? Hopeless situation? Here's something different. Say something different. Act different. Act on what you've been hearing and saying. All right? Now go to 2 Kings chapter 5 to show this example, and I'm done. 2 Kings chapter 5 with that part. Go to 2 Kings chapter 5. Now let me show you someone that needed some help with their hope. Some of y'all ought to be glad y'all got some friends that have a different level of expectation. Listen, if your, if your level of expectation and your hope is low, get around some people that have high hopes. Get around people that have faith in the word of God. Stay around them until it rubs off on you. Amen? You know, if bad company can corrupt good manners, then good company can corrupt bad manners. Same principle. Amen? Amen? And some of you don't need to back off of who you are and how God made you. Because you, you know what? See, here's one thing I believe. Some people are looking for an excuse to act bad, but there's a whole bunch of more people out there looking for an excuse to do right. Amen? They just waiting on somebody to jump in. See, you can help someone else raise their level of expectation. You know, we, when we were coming up, good fight. You know, you really didn't want to fight till one of your boys jumped in. <laughs> right that right, Joe? <laughs> if all my boys jumped in, it's on now. You need to do the same way with the word. Get around some people that's willing to put the word out there at the drop of a hat. Get around some people that's willing to believe God with you at the drop of a hat. You know, because some people are willing to fight, cuss somebody out, and clown at the drop of a hat. Look for some people that's ready to act right. Change your level of expectation. Amen. That's why I love our company. That's why I love coming to camp. I'm around people that have an expectation. Amen. Second Kings, chapter five. We'll start in uh, verse nine, and let me show you this about old Naaman. Thank God Naaman had a servant who had a different level of expectation. Amen? Y'all don't need a Naaman attitude. Amen? Naaman had leprosy. I want to challenge you on something. Anybody ever seen the effects of leprosy? Google it. You won't be able to look at it for long. It is... To put it lightly, disgusting looking. I mean, limbs are ate up, 
skin legions, everything. So when you read, you know, it's just not some. It's not a sickness like a common cold. People, hands and fingers and toes get ate off. Deformed. People are, are, are exiled from their families. So Naaman, the reason I'm sharing that because Naaman had leprosy. And Naaman heard that Elisha, the prophet, the man of God, could help him with that. But Naaman's attitude was jacked up. See, he heard about Elisha, but his saying where Elisha was concerned was twisted. Let me show you. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 9. So Naaman came with his horse and with his chairs and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. When you need a hopeless situation, turn around. Get to the house where the man of God is preaching the word and flowing with the Holy Ghost. He went to the house. He didn't, you know, because some people think, well, they need to come to me. You know, you read your gospels, you find a lot of people, when they heard about Jesus, they went to where he was. When they heard, they went to where he was. And even when, when Jesus, when, when he gave a parable about compelling people to come, he said, go out and compel them to come. So while we're going out and we're sharing with people and they're getting saved, we need to get them back in the house so they can continue. Amen? Amen. So look, look at this. He says he went to the house of Elijah and Elijah sent his messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. What just happened here? He got some instruction. Now, now if you got leprosy, and your toes falling off, and your fingers falling off, people don't want to be around you, and, they tell, and, and you hear that there's a cure, and they tell you, just go take a bath. Take a bath in the Jordan, and your skin will come back. You think you would do that, right? Because that's something you can do. He gave him instruction of something that he could do, right? You think he'd go running, jump in the river. No, he got a jacked up attitude. Listen to this. Verse 11. But Naaman was wroth. We don't use wroth now, but he was mad, had attitude. And he went away. Now check this out. Spent all that time to go to the house with his leprosy. He told him, go take a bath in the joy. See, he was mad because he sent the messenger. Baby, I don't care if it's got the anointing on it, send anybody to me. I need help. And like the messenger. So he, he said he was wrong and he went away sad and he said, Behold, I thought that was a problem. Wrong thinking. You know what he said? He went away sad and said, I like to add this with his leprosy. This is what he, and this is what he said Behold, I thought he would surely. Come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. You, can't get a, you cannot afford to be offended when you need a miracle. 
And you can't think of your own way of how the problem needs to be solved. Because if you could, you'd have fixed it by now. <laughs> you don't go ask for help and tell somebody how they're going to help you. If you knew so much, you could have helped yourself. But you didn't. That's why you're looking for somebody. Just follow the instruction. He, he thought wrong. Look at verse 12. And then he says this. Are not Abana and far, far rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Now he's looking for another solution to the problem. When your pastor, when your man and woman of God give you simple instruction that will save your life, that you can practically easily apply to your life, why go look for something else? Because you think something is better. There's nothing better, there's no better solution than an anointed man, woman of God, your pastors, feeding you the word that will change your life. No better solution. No better solution. So that's what he thought. And uh, he thought that they would recover the leper. He said, may I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage and again with his leprosy. Verse 13, and his servants came near. Thank God, somebody had some sense. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then when he said to thee, Wash and be clean. He said, if he gave you something complicated to do, wouldn't you do that? How much more to just go take a bath, man? <laughs> See, if it was me, I'd be like, name it. Man, don't be stupid, man. Your toes falling off. Your fingers falling off. You can't hardly walk. You're walking around with a limp. Man, just go get in the water like the man said and wash. See, you need some friends like that. Around you, if the pastor told you to confess the word, man, just confess the word. If he told you, quit hanging around with that old knucklehead boy and that old knucklehead girl, you're going to be somewhere you don't want to be, just, just leave them alone. Listen, no, I, I, think, I think I can help them. No, you can't. Because you won't follow instructions yourself. Oh, yeah, I know I'm preaching good. Yeah, it's getting hot. It's getting warm up in here now, ain't it? Yeah. See, because you know what? They see stuff we don't see. Something wrong when somebody is interested in you and don't want to come around your past. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Really, something's wrong. Don't want to come around your pastor? That's a telltale sign right there. You know why they don't come around? I'm going to tell you why. They could get sniffed out. That's why. They're going to get sniffed out. They already know they ain't right. I'm just telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep folk around my pastor. 
But you know, I got smart enough. I realized some folks don't even need to see my past because I know they ain't right from what he tell me. Come on. <laughs> so I'd be like, see that? Look at that. My past will tell me about folks like you. I'll holler at you. So you can hear a lot of stuff off at the past if you'll just listen and follow instructions. They've been there. They've been there they've done that. If they are in their 60s, hello, they've been 16 before. There's nothing new under the sun. That's how they know stuff. And they know the Holy Ghost, too. I'm just saying. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. And so here it is, verse 14. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. There it is. Pastor gave him some instruction. Man of God gave him some instruction. And look what it said. And his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child. Come on now. Boy, he had to go get some Johnson & Johnson. His skin was so new. Amen? Hallelujah. Said his skin came to him like that of a little child, and he was clean. See, look at what happened. Had the wrong attitude. Was not thinking right, saying the wrong things. Someone interjected and said, listen. And he changed it. So here's some encouragement to you tonight. Because some of you have been disobedient. And now because of your disobedience, you found yourself in a place where it looks like it's hopeless. But there are some servants, like the servants of Naaman, who are around you saying, just follow the instruction. God's not mad at you. God don't want to get you. Big, big news flash. If God wanted to get you, he'd have got you by now. But you know who wants to get you? The devil. And if he could have got you, he'd have got you by now. Can't, give you, can't tell y'all a big secret that'll help you the rest of your life. Jesus said in John 8 that the devil is the father of lies. And there is no truth. Zero. Zero. Zero point zero 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 zero, no truth in him. He is incapable of telling the truth, and God is incapable of lying. So when He tells you something that God's not going to do, you ought to take a laugh. You ought to take a laugh. Ain't no truth in him. You all look at him and say, you can't do that. I know, and you know you lying. I know you lying. You know you lying. And all them demons that follow you know you lying. That's what you need to tell you. You lying in the name of Jesus. Get on out of here. You don't pay attention to a liar. Amen? But somebody came and gave him instructions. Hopeless situation turned around. You see that? When you're facing a hopeless situation, here's something different. Say something different. Act on what you've been hearing and saying. If you find yourself where you disobeyed instruction and you had the wrong attitude, 
when God sends someone, because he will, when God sends someone across your path to pick back up that instruction, just pick it back up and you'll be clean. Just like a, a, a little child, just like a little baby. Amen. You see that? Stand to your feet. You're going to get some instruction this whole time this week. That's going to change your level of expectation. It's going to cause you to think different. It's going to cause you to speak different. It's going to cause you to act different if you hold on to it. But tonight, I want to minister to some people. If you feel, it's the only way I know how to describe it. 